I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast where we aim to please. Noted. <laughs> From the West Coast. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. We are so excited because we have She-Ra trivia coming up. She-Ra has been one of our favorite trivias to host, and we are so excited to host it again. February 18th and 20th, make sure you check out our Eventbrite and Facebook page for more info and tickets. Other things we want to remind you about, don't forget that we are still up for a Queer Tea Award this yes, year. Yes, we are. As best podcast, just a reminder, you can vote for us every day, one vote per device until February 16th. So don't be shy. We know how queer fandoms can do at fan favorite competitions. So, you know, we're counting on all of you. We're counting on you, (laughs) Teenage Bounty Hunters fandom, to freaking help us win this thing. Thank you. Did we mention we wrote you this amazing song and we spoil it now? I I think they're going to probably die through the entire thing, but yes. Go vote right now because we got Devin Hales to sing you a Teenage Bounty Hunter song. All right. (laughs) (laughs) If that's not enough, we don't know what it takes. So don't forget, support us in the Queer Tees. Support us, please. please. And thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Love you all. Um, in the greater Les universe, Jojo Siwa has come out. I know this is going to be maybe a few weeks after she came out, but it's all the rage with the Gen Zs. Um, Lee doesn't know who Jojo Siwa is. I'm old and lame, y'all. I can't keep up. <laughs> but I also do think Gen Z's got it figured out. This is another, I think, really good example of like, Gen Z just doing it right. Like Jojo Siwa came out in a freaking TikTok video <laughs> joining the Pride House. Thank God. Um, and Look, I've watched the TikTok. Does that count? I'm hip. I'm with it. I'm plugged in. You're on TikTok. You're hip. No cap. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and I love to like, you know, to see this influencer, like a very huge Gen Z influencer come out and have it be such a positive experience gives yeah. me a lot of hope. Seeing the youth response has filled me with so much joy. I love that part of it. Happy for her. Happy for everyone who is, you know, kind of just really having this resonate with them because I think it's great. So we also want to talk about the new Melinda Lowe book that just came out. It is called Last Night at the Telegraph Club. Full disclosure, I have not read it yet, but I am getting back into intentionally reading books in 2021. So it is on my list. I'm super excited. It's about two women falling in love in San Francisco in the 50s, and I am here for it. So I can't imagine it will not be amazing. Melinda Lowe is fantastic, and I'm just super excited. So if you haven't checked it out and, you know, you're looking for something to do, last night at the Telegraph Club. There you go. Love it. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. And welcome to season four, episode 12, our next installment of Lessentials. Lessentials is a recurring segment on the show where we dive into classic lesbian movies or TV shows. And don't forget, we are also now writing and recording an original song for every Lessentials, and you will not want to miss this one. So stick around to the end of the episode for a special new bop. And look, for this Les Essentials episode, do we have a problem? Yes. Are we ever going to stop talking <laughs> about this show? No. Did we just want an excuse to hang out with Maddie? Maybe. Either way, we <laughs> are back with more of that sweet, sweet Teenage Bounty Hunters content, y'all, because we both can and will not stop talking about this show. Welcome, Maddie. Maddie Phillips is here with us, who plays Sterling in Teenage Bounty Hunters. I am nothing but a sweet teen. That's me. <laughs> Just a sweet teen over here. <laughs> Aren't we all? In an Or an Product placement. <laughs> Oh. Is it funny that it sounds so insane that they would actually have a 16-year-old play a high schooler? Because, like, no. 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 No, that would just be impractical for the whole cast and crew. Because <laughs> you can't work without your mommy there or your parental, you know, whoever. And you can't work as long. Child labor laws. That's why we have... That's yeah. why we can't do this. Understandable. <laughs> Very understandable. Maddie, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You're so welcome. We already had Devin on are, of course, obsessed with her. We are so excited to have you here to talk Teenage Bounty Hunters with us. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Now, we're not saying we're going to be directly comparing or anything. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. No pressure. Yeah. I could never compete with that butter-voiced angel. (laughs) (laughs) That buttery angel. I think she puts that on her resume now. Uh, It's one of the line items on her resume. Butter-voice. Butter-voice, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So slick. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, for anyone who at this point, I mean, if you're still listening to our podcast and you haven't watched Teenage Bounty Hunters, how? Why? Uh, but for anyone who is not familiar with the show, we are going to um, quickly give the IMDb recap and uh, we'll give a little, a little intro to the story. So IMDb says that Teenage Bounty Hunters, uh, here's our here's our synopsis. After joining forces with a veteran bounty hunter, 16-year-old fraternal twin sisters Sterling and Blair dive into the world of bail-skipping baddies while still navigating the high stakes of teenage life. Pretty solid IMDb synopsis. It's one of the better ones we've had, I agree. Um, I have a question for you, Maddie. So if you were to give your synopsis of Teenage Bounty Hunters, how would you describe the show? I would say... Two fraternal twin sisters fall ass backwards into a world that is filled with bounty hunting and coming into one's own. Yeah. Coming into I like it. coming into one's own. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and coming into Or coming out of something else. coming out of yes. things. There's a lot of coming, coming into, into and coming out of A lot of not of coming and... in, into things either. <laughs> A lot of both kinds of things. Yes. <laughs> Just so much happens in this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think, too, when we had Devin on, we had her do her, because that's, like, what the show is about. But what about your Sterling and April synopsis? Oh. Um, I'm trying to think of the Romeo and Juliet, like, opening two houses oh. both. In, in Fair Verona, <laughs> yes. where we lay our scene. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. In Fair Georgia. In Fair Georgia, two young women discover each other and therefore themselves. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. In Skates. Love it. I love it. I love it. So (laughs) for this particular Les Centrals, we love Teenage Bounty Hunters as a whole, but this episode is going to be pretty, pretty Sterling April heavy because... We are a lesbian podcast. Obviously, that's what we love. So we're gonna give we're gonna go through our plot of Teenage Bounty Hunters, which really is just the plot of Steprol. Oh yeah. I mean we're focusing on the less central parts for sure. Yes. Hey, it makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about how your relationship with April Stevens starts. Well, we it starts off. Wait, you mean like originally, like before, like the audience gets to meet them, like when they were kids, let's, or yeah, when we the meet them? Let's start from where. Let's start from where we meet them, and we'll where get you to meet them. Where, okay, where we find out the backstory. Right. So when we meet Sterling and April, they are nothing but you know arch nemesises, nemesi, um, at school, and that's where we meet them. Sterling doesn't want to have an arch nemesis. She just wants to love everybody. And she puts up with April and her antics, not without standing up for herself in the end. Anyway, we meet them and their arch nemesis. <laughs> yes. Yes. We meet them in their arch, nem- arch nemesis. I really like that new word that we have created. It makes perfect sense. I have a question for you. When you first started the show, did you know that it was going to turn into something other than what it started off as? No. No. <laughs> Good answer. No, so I didn't. When, 
When did you find out that it was going to shift? I found out when I was on the elliptical at like midnight. I was really bad at time managing like my exercise when I was on the show. It's hard to because you're on set all day. But I was having one of those nights where I was like, oh, I'm going to work out. <laughs> so like, I went down to the gym. I was like on the elliptical and I get this email from Kathleen or this text from Kathleen. And I have the screenshot and I think I, I posted it on Twitter like months ago. And it was when she said that she had to lie to me for the whole time we were shooting. Because in the beginning, I had a dream of Sterling being by. I don't know why I didn't have any clues. I just was like, that would be just amazing. When you say, wait, so when you say you had a dream, you mean like you were asleep? And no, in that sleep you had a dream, or it was like your my aspiration. Heart. Just for in my it. heart, but we're very Shakespearean <laughs> tonight, right? Yes, yes. I didn't have a literal dream. I had a yeah. I had a just an emotional dream. <laughs> mm. I just it just kind of like came to me. I was just like, how amazing would it be if this like repressed Southern girl who's had a boyfriend her whole life actually liked girls too? Wouldn't that just be the best? And I like obnoxiously went up to Kathleen, not intentionally being obnoxious, but just as if my idea she would use, like as if. But I had to say what was on my mind because I love her and I felt very comfortable talking to her about anything. It was before we'd started shooting at all. And we were having like a Netflix party on this like roof. And it was like all very like exciting. And I think I just had a lot of adrenaline. And I went up to her, I was like, Kathleen, can Sterling be bi? Like, can you imagine? <laughs> Is she? Like, wouldn't that be so cool? And I just remember her just being like, she looked at our showrunner at the time. So I thought they were just looking at each other because they're like, oh, cute. She's like suggesting a major plot line. And uh, anyway, she was like, no, that's not Sterling's journey. That, yeah, that would be fun, but that's not her journey. So she texts me that night, like weeks, months later, and says, I had to lie to you, like, you know, you guessed it. <laughs> like, and That's so sent, funny. And, but you guys, she sent me the email at 11, 11 p.m. And anybody who knows me knows I'm like all about that spiritual shit. And I just was like, oh, I freaking called it. Like, <laughs> I manifested this. Like, <laughs> so I just incredible. like was just like on the, the elliptical just being like, what is my life? Like, this is the most amazing thing. What an honor to get to do this. It just was the most exciting thing. I was like, well, like sweating and crying. <laughs> like, it was so cool. So, so let's run through because the thing is, when we that. meet, when we meet Sterling, right? I mean, at, Sterling is she's very, um, there's not a lot of early signs, right? Like, you don't get a lot of early indicators. Although, I think a lot of us who, like, and especially like, I went in knowing all about like where the relationship was going to go and stuff. And so, you know, I think a lot of queer people you watch, um, you watch a girl in high school who is suddenly like very obsessed with the idea of like, I have to sleep with my boyfriend. And we're like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Noted. Okay. Um, but that's like the first thing that we meet of Sterling, right? And we and we immediately meet the tension between her and April um, early on because of the whole fellowship leader situation. Yeah. Um, and the fellowship leader situation kind of boils over into the April finding a condom and then being weirdly obsessed with, <laughs> with the condom. I didn't put that together. I was just like, no, she's just wants me to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, she I think probably it's a little does, both. you know, it's yeah. a little of both. Um, 
<laughs> but there's there's also like the weird yeah there's definitely a weird uh fixation i think in uh, yeah on april's part um and that fixation obviously she just wants to ruin sterling's life so any dirt that she has she's kind of trying to use use against her she does the whole outing sterling is not being a virgin to kind of knock her off her fellowship leader pedestal um and uh and then things kind of take a little bit of a turn from there right we have they start kind of working together a little bit more on things so um starting with i guess the memorial service for because they kind of sort of plan that together right april sort of shoehorns her way onto uh onto helping with that and being very dramatic (laughs) yeah um but then it it all kind of leads up to the debate tournament the debate tournament let's talk more about the debate tournament because that's obviously a huge turning point what was filming that episode like for you what was getting that script like come on (laughs) (laughs) yes um I have not been nervous as an actor in a long time because I have not had to do anything that's made me that vulnerable. I've never had to do... Everybody was always like, oh, how are the sexy? How is it doing a sexy? And I was like, it was funny and awkward. Like, (laughs) they weren't meant to be these, like, passionate, intense experiences. They were in, like, closets and... They were hilarious, and it's Spencer, and it was—he's just everything he says is funny. It was fine, but well, doing... and also sharing—you're like sharing the awkwardness with someone. Totally, else, you know. Totally. This was so different because it wasn't meant to be funny. It was meant to be real, and it was just me. And our—I was scared. Not maybe not scared. It was just a mixture of feeling vulnerable, having never done anything like this before, and really wanting to do it justice. I knew how important it was. I know that this never gets shown on TV. I felt the weight of this beautiful thing that I get to do and wanting to be like, I would hate if I wasn't proud of this moment. You know, like, it's such a... If I'm going to be cringing, then hopefully... I'm like cringing with pride because it's real, you know? Were you when you watched it? Have you watched it? <laughs> yeah, I watched it. And I definitely <laughs> played, I definitely added like some like humorous notes into it because it's Teenage Bounty Hunters. But at the same time, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how <laughs> I it goes. Did <laughs> I did it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I can imagine that would be very nerve wracking. That's yeah. like. Especially with just like these men, like just in this closet with me. I just had to dissociate as you do as an actor, but even more so. <laughs> so, yeah, getting that script was crazy. I mean, that's a really hard scene to do. So, yeah, it was very it. exciting. And our director, Angela Barnes, was just uh, a freaking queen and she made me feel so comfortable. And I knew how important it was, but yeah, I was sweating. <laughs> but it's also yeah. it's incredible because um, I mean, obviously we've we've talked a lot already with Devin about just some of the ways in which Teenage Bounty Hunter is different representation than we usually get to see, and I think that that journey, Sterling's journey, in like I mean, in 
in so much of the whole storyline, but in that episode particularly, like, I think that probably actually resonates for a lot of queer people, right? That it's like, yeah, before you even kind of make sense of it all, and like, before you're like able to kind of say it out loud, come to terms with it, tell somebody, kiss another girl, like, you kind of have this, this, you know, like, hmm, hmm, maybe there's some other thoughts, like, percolating around in there <laughs> that, that yeah. uh, I'm not ready to deal with that yet, but um, I guess those are there. Interesting, you know, but it's not a thing. It's it's not what you get to see played out on our television screens very frequently, you know? Totally. It's so, it's so nuanced. And Kathleen was so amazing at writing those nuances where you're like, oh, yeah, I never even articulated that in my brain, but that's totally a thing that happens. And this small thing is such a significant thing. And this moment is such a significant moment. Yeah. I'm like, speaking of small, significant moments, what about the arm grab? <laughs> oh. What, just like such a genius thing. Who would have thought that would be the thing? But again, yeah, I'm so proud of this show. And so I just feel like, you know, there's been like some, I won't say trauma because I understand perspective, but it was crushing to not get a second season, but it is such a beautiful thing. And I just feel so like honored to be part of something that has things like this, these moments like this, where you're just like, you've triggered doors opening in people's brains with this show because they never would, they would have been like, oh, that makes so much sense. I'm not a freak. That is a thing that happens. I just think yeah. it's so cool. I don't mean to der- derail us from the plot, but can I ask a question, Lee? Do it. Because I, I know Do we're it. trying to go Please. through the plot and we have more deep dive. <laughs> we're doing a great job already. <laughs> but, well, because you're saying that doors opening and figuring out things about yourself, have there been people who specifically reach out to you and have said these moments really impacted them? Yeah, totally. I mean, in the beginning of all of this, I was advised to not open all of my DMs and to exercise boundaries and whatever. And I was like, okay, I appreciate that. But these messages that I'm getting are so heartfelt and meaningful and honest and vulnerable. And I can't not respond to them and read them because so many of them are saying like, oh my God, I was like raised in a Christian environment and I never let myself explore these feelings and this really opened my eyes and it's totally changed my life. And I I know that there are some people that will say things to get you to respond to whatever, but the sheer amount of messages that have been so similar with such personal you know, details and whatever. I'm just like, this is so special. And yeah, it's definitely like one of my favorite things about all of this is that I'm like, oh, this is more than just a show. This is, I get to be part of this thing that has impacted people's lives in only positive ways. Like what I love about it too, is you get so much all in like one, like really efficient way, you know, because it's like April, April is such an important character to me because you almost never see like, established high school lesbians who are like, yeah, I'm totally gay and I like know that and that's cool. But at the same time, it's like you get that paired with what I think probably resonated with like so many of the younger viewers of this show, which is like that realization and that realization uh, in Sterling's story that's done in uh, like again in a way that that it's just this switch that flips in her, you know, and she goes from this like I'm obsessed with my boyfriend and here's my boyfriend and I'm sleeping with my boyfriend and have you met my boyfriend? <laughs> to, to just, you know, all of a sudden being like, oh, 
wait a minute. <laughs> you know, and I think that there's this idea uh, a lot of times that like it can't it can't be that instantaneous. You know, it's like, no, you have to yeah. like do all your soul searching and your things and years and decide and think about it. And like, no, it's like probably a lot of people have that just that moment where you're like, uh uh-uh, wait, something has just like the synapses have fired in a way that they hadn't fired until just now, apparently. Hmm, something different has happened, you know? And I think that, like, it's getting to see all of those things, like, the different stories that they all bring in and, like, how it all progresses from there. It's just, it's magic. Everything's magic, you know? Yeah, totally. With the janitor closet scene, Kathleen made it really clear to me that Sterling doesn't feel any shame afterwards. She was like, make sure that when you finish, you just go, huh, okay. (laughs) instead of oh no you know and I was like okay sick and I feel like she just accepts it because number one she just has this unwavering idea that God will love her no matter what and so no matter what she has sex before she's getting married that's okay I know God loves me and I love him and it's all fine and so that just goes across the board for everything. And I think that's such like a pure, a pure thing. And like, I'm not religious at all. And I, you know, we differ in that sense. But I think that's such an endearing, beautiful thing to just accept yourself fully and know that it's all good and that your existence is valid because you're alive. And I resonate with that. And also, I do think that I, I remember who brought this idea to me. Somebody did. And they said, do you think that because she's always had Blair in her life, who's always been there for her and never judged her no matter what, you think that maybe that's why she just, you know, hmm. and I think totally, you know, I think she is probably just one of the very lucky people who just go, people will love me no matter what. So it's okay. I love that so much. And now I'm getting emotional. <laughs> You're going to make Ellie cry any second. Now. I already Aww. was tearing up. I was like, just <laughs> I'll let Lee talk so I can not be tearing up. Dab no. some tears. <laughs> Oh, but I want to get to my next section because it's it's my favorite because we're going to go from the um, (laughs) I feel like I just want to do these all the songs because that's all we do. Right. So we're going to (laughs) move from the like. When I think about you, I touch myself myself. section of their story (laughs) to the uh, I'm sorry for simping, but simping. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Part of um, Sterling's story because that is like 100% where she goes next, right? She's just like uh, a doe-eyed, love-struck teenager um, trying desperately to figure out if April is going to have any interest in like what she's putting out there right now. Yeah, totally. Um, And I kind of love it, honestly. Like those are some (laughs) of my favorite scenes between the two of them because they're just so perfect like they so perfectly capture that moment of like um what i think every like queer woman especially uh but queer folk in general i think have gone through which is like how do i tell gay panic what do (laughs) i do (laughs) how do you know um it is like all of that just happening uh between the two of them and i love it so much (laughs) yeah yeah totally one of the memes was was just like me doing, apparently I do this, well, not apparently, I've seen it now, it's been brought to my attention. This weird, <laughs> like, like- it's been gift. <laughs> it has been, this like weird sniff thing that I do, like when I'm talking to her as if I'm like, like when we're sitting down, I, I just, I'm just like, oh, like you smell so good. <laughs> like, I do that a lot. <laughs> totally, totally. So I just, I'm so happy that that's there. 
I love it. Well, I was like, I love also- that this has been brought to my attention. This is great. <laughs> Do you get self-conscious at all when you see some of those memes you know like when somebody points out like oh you do this thing and then you're like oh shit do I do that or you just you love it you you embrace it it's been a journey to be real with you before the show came out I was so scared I I've had body dysmorphia for years eating disorders all these things for years you know I don't know many people who ever fully come out of the woods with that kind of thing And I was so terrified about how much I would hate myself when I watched this that I kind of got myself into such a state before. And then when the show came out, we got to see it before everybody else just secretly. I I watched it and I was so happy. But at the same time, I had this time where nobody was validating anything about it. Nobody giving any feedback. I didn't know how it was. I knew how what I thought. I don't don't fucking know anything. I'm a newbie with being with like this world. And I just was so scared and was like feeling all those negative things. And then I think I just, I had to keep reminding myself that like, this isn't the reason why I do this. I know that that this show is going to bring so much joy and hope to people. I know that it fulfilled me in so many ways. There's nothing I can do about what about what people perceive of me, and I just have to trust that I did a good job and that this was all meant to be because this whole experience has all felt very synchronistic and meant to be. And so I was like, nothing but good can come from this. I just know it. So by the time it actually was out, I'd kind of exhausted all of the potential feelings that I could feel when it comes to judgment of of myself because of myself and anything like that. So as soon as it came out, of course, I was like braced for whatever negative bullshit would come my way. And none came, truly (laughs) none came. And I was just over flooded is that a word with love and support and seeing all these people it's just like oh maddie doesn't exist here like it's sterling and the story and i just get to be this like curious observer watching it all happen being so grateful for it all and so excited about it all and so now with any silly gifts or memes or anything like that i truly I'm just filled with so much like gratitude and joy and I just see it for like what it is. And like, I'm as big as fan of of the show as anybody else. And so I'm just like loving it for all the reasons why the people that make them love it. So I feel like, yeah, bring it on. I love them. And I, I'm so happy that that I do because I would be missing out on the best memes in the world. A real fan of the show might have made their own like fan vids already, Maddie. So like you got to start producing stuff. Come on. Oh, (laughs) you guys, before the trailer came out, I made a trailer for the show and sent it to everybody. (laughs) I literally have it on my Um, computer and I'm honestly so proud. I might. Literally, it's just like me videoing my computer screen with the don't share this sticker on it or whatever. It's like property of Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> I might do that. I love like, it. I would be allowed to so. drop the remix. So Maddie's um, way yeah. ahead of all of you, like I, on right? standing the OG, standing her own show. I, love I mean, it. yeah, I've had people on my Twitter be like, "You tweet like a Stan account. Like, where's your drop your Stan account now, Maddie? We know you have one." I'm like, I don't have one. It's my, my account. account. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm I just a young that. millennial. I'm in it like all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> 
So while we talk about the most frequently memed and gift scenes from Sterling and April's journey, um, we're coming right up on our first kiss between these two uh, in terms of of where we are sort of loosely trying to give the plot of the story. Um, So let's talk about, because we got to hear like Devin's account of first watching that scene, right? Like actually seeing like the final product with like how it's edited and the music and the whatever. So give us a little bit of your, your take. What was it like? filming that scene and what was it like watching it when you first got to see like how it actually came out oh I was so excited and like nervous not because I had to kiss Devin but (laughs) because like I'd already done the janitor scene like I can kiss Devin but just because (laughs) easy easy yeah just because I knew how important it was and it was just like I was just caught up in the adrenaline the drama of the story and and so I was very excited. I knew that it was just like going to be a crazy moment in the show. And when I saw it, I was just it was like I didn't know what was happening. I was just so in it. I was like, oh, my God, oh my God, oh my God. And like when the song came on, I was like, oh, like, oh, this is so good. And it was just like it's so funny, like in when we were filming it, it's it seemed so much more like passionate and like intense and like romantic but watching it, it was just like so fun and hot. And I was just like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> like music and like the way we shot and all yeah, the that. Beat, cuts, man, like, that beat, man, that beat drops. Yeah, get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a yeah, it was great. It was a lot hornier on screen than it was in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite the uh, like tender romantic uh, Romeo and Juliet moment there. It's <laughs> right, but but very pleasant. <laughs> very pleasant. <laughs> I love it. 10 out of 10 would recommend. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, it is. I mean, we've talked about this before, but it is such, it's such a great scene, especially in terms of, I mean, we have an entire podcast to talk about LGBTQ rep on TV and movies. And Mm -hmm. I would say that particular kiss scene is like really high up on like the, just like the intimacy of it, the, the real, it felt really real. Thank you. So, we love it. And I'm sure it's gift to all hell. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Yes. But it I just always it. brings me such joy every yes. time, you know? That's so nice. Ugh. Yes. Especially knowing we won't get more. We got to, like, get our mileage out we of gotta it. We got to savor so. it. So many people are like, can you guys just hug so that we can have a photo of you hugging? And I'm like, I live in Canada. She's in Atlanta. Also, coronavirus. <laughs> and also, like... Me, Lee and I's face are exactly the same. You know that emoji that has just like the crying eyes that are all glassy? That's the two of us. <laughs> You're like, just yeah, hug. Just oh, hug. Yeah, oh, seriously. So It'll happen. It'll happen. You know, so It'll much happen. films in Atlanta. I'm sure I'll be the down there again. But someday there will be. We are going to get back into convention days uh, someday. And um, we're going to yes. make it happen. We're going to make it happen. How fun would that we'll be? We'll have a... I would not be surprised if, like, Teenage Bounty Hunters fans could literally pull an entire Teenage Bounty Hunters convention together, and there would be a lot of people there. I have so much faith that that would be a thing. I would love that. I have a a vision board with the Hunger Games (laughs) convention bench table thing on it, and I'm just like, ugh, yes. Wouldn't that be great? You can get there. Whenever... (laughs) Three years from now, I'm like, whenever that's possible. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
So okay, I'm gonna yes. real quick. I'm gonna finish our plot for us, Ellie, and then we can dive into more discussion. Sound great. good? Sounds great. Okay, they kiss. They go on a super cute date to like the arcade, and they play skee ball, and uh, you know, talk about their feelings and their identities, and we all melt a little bit inside at how cute they are. They have this whole secret relationship where they're like dating, and no one knows about it, and they're calling each other, and they're super cute, and neither one of them wants to hang up the phone, and they're kissing noises, and. Uh, and I love all of it. And then they rip our hearts out of our collective chests. Um, with that last what episode, uh, <sighs> I can't. Yeah. I can't. How very dare you, April Stevens? Yeah, unacceptable. Right? Everyone's. I know. Everyone's decide. Decide. Not everybody. I had. I had a few fans message me and just be like, "Whose fault was it, Sterling or April?" And I was like, "Who, who initiated?" It? And I was like, "April." The breakup and they were like what and i was like obviously she did just be a little yeah bitch. like what <laughs> <laughs> well because also sterling was so like a hundred percent in i think that's also what you were talking about this before what's so great about the show is like you were saying sterling is i don't care i like you and i don't care what other people think and that's so refreshing to see in especially like a high school lesbian relationship yeah, totally. But I get it. I get not wanting to come out, but... Well, yeah, the, I think yeah. obviously both sides of that story are super valid and, like, real. But it's also really cool to see, like, that there is, yeah. like, an option for high schoolers of you could feel this way and not be stressed about... Seriously. Yeah, I'm so happy that was a thing. Yeah, that never happens. Because that's not dramatic and whatever, but it's just as enjoyable and fulfilling and engaging and exciting to watch when somebody is empowered. And it's, yeah, I was so, I was so happy that that was a thing. Yes. Well, it's because also, I mean, there's still drama in figuring out you have exactly. a crush on someone in general. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't have to be so negative. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, totally. All right, so we'll, let's dive into more discussion. Okay. Lee. I'm like, well, I have so many things. Hold that thought. Let's take two seconds. We're going to hear from some sponsors, and we will come back and dive into our discussion about Sterling and April. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Now you can dive in. <laughs> I'd like to sponsor Udi. if they want to give us money we will give them an ad (laughs) yes okay so we've covered the plot for the most part i'm gonna really start us all the way back at the beginning because i always just love to hear these stories how Mm -hmm. did you get cast as sterling (laughs) my favorite story (laughs) okay so i to la just for a visit and i ended up getting a manager when I was down there because somebody I knew up here had a brother in the industry and they, you know, said nice things about me and that they should meet me. So I met with him and he signed me that day and he got me an audition, which was for Teenage Bounty Hunters. And I was meant to fly back home the next day because I'd only, I was only going to stay for a week and I got the audition and not going to lie, totally thought I wasn't going to have an audition that day. And like I had a bong rip and was on a walk. And <laughs> and I get I get this email and they're like, I, I do a phone as if I'm on the phone. Sorry. No one can see it. Fine. Um, <laughs> nobody, I, uh, nobody doesn't love a visual <laughs> gag on a podcast, Maddie. They're the best. <laughs> okay. So I get this email and they're like, can you like come in? in two hours <laughs> for this audition. And I was like, yeah, yes. So I frantically try to learn the lines. Mostly I just tried to understand what the heck was going on in the scenes. I truly went in there and just kind of was like, these are kind of the lines, <laughs> um, which is very <laughs> unlike me because I'm as much as I'm chaotic energy and whatever the kids like to say, I am also a Virgo son. So I like to have all of my lines perfectly And I don't like to hold my sides when I go in. I like to put them on the floor and not think about them. So I go in and I do it. And I do something that they liked that definitely was a a bold move. It just basically, I had to do the sex scene with Luke for the audition. And that they was the audition scene. Oh that my was gosh. one of the audition scenes. Yeah. So I had to, you know, be saying these Bible verses and seducing him and whatever. And so I flipped the chair so that I was like the front, the back bit was at the front. So it was, I was like straddling it. And there was basically this, one of the lines, it was something about it involved the word deep. And I like spat on my hand and reached around and did <laughs> Anyway, I did the I did a very bold thing and thank thank the high heavens they laughed. Basically, I just was like they say must be comfortable with simulated sex. So I was like, I better show them I'm like okay <laughs> with like being kind of crazy. 
So yeah, that was the audition. The other scene. Was- uh, Ellie and I are dead right now. Just <laughs> deceased. So, sorry, so why I'm didn't so that move make it into the actual? Uh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I asked if it would, and they were like, "No, we're just we're not going to do that." <laughs> but like, like, we admire the dedication and the energy, but uh- <laughs> Sterling would not know t- how to do that, though. Like that, you know, mm-hmm. like she's a sixteen-year-old repressed virgin, whatever. <laughs> You know, I was 24 and like not so repressed. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> so I do the audition. I was asked to stay later for the callbacks that were later that day. I come back. I do it again. They asked me to stay for chemistry reads, which was the following day. So I come back and I do the chemistry reads. And I kept noticing that they like kept because we we would go in with different girls and they would switch us up and whatever and they never sometimes they would make someone come in and they'd be like all right you're gonna read for Blair this time okay but next time you're gonna read for Sterling so they didn't know who would be who but they kept bringing me in for only Sterling like I never read for Blair it was always for Sterling and then I they were just like asking about my visa that night and then I booked it the next day so it was a freaking whirlwind like I kind of was just you know doing my little guest stars and Lifetime movies up here. And then I go to LA thinking I'm going to just have a visit and I'm going to Atlanta <laughs> next month. Oh, and I also had to go to New York to for chemistry reads to find Blair because that took like a whole month. That's um, so crazy. Yeah. So I feel like I really want someone to just make like, give us the the like mockumentary of your casting story and Devin's casting story because they're both fantastic. Like I'd watch those right? movies. Totally. Yes. Yeah. So you Sterling and then you were just auditioning with the million Blairs. Yes. <laughs> Until finally. Until perfect. finally they made the decision. Yeah. It was so funny. Um, like I remember I just knew the scenes so disgustingly off by heart that I was just kind of like improving a little bit with the auditions as they went on. So I was just like kind of a little bored. <laughs> like not that the scenes were boring at all. They were amazing, but just like saying the same like few lines for just but you know not enough to throw our to throw our lovely actors at all but just to not make myself go crazy built the whole show is built around you is what you're saying basically (laughs) (laughs) you're like the core of the show is is basically what i'm getting here right yeah let's go with that say that if you want <laughs> i won't say it but you can say it <laughs> that's i'm i'm saying it there you go no that's we've talked sweet. a lot about april but so when you were reading with angelica tell us about like some of the first times you read with her and vibe that chemistry i only read with her one time so she came in and i just had a feeling that it was going to be her and I just had this, and it was less of a, oh, she's so Blair, because I don't know, like, I wasn't familiar with the script. I'd only read the pilot, you know, like, who am I to judge who's going to be a good Blair? But there was just something, I just literally, I had a vision of us. An emotional to- dream, if you will. I did, but I truly had a, like, a vision, like a visual vision of, of us cuddling together and having people around us, like, pointing at us going, oh, wow, look, they really are sisters. And I just knew that that was a sign. And so I literally, I was waiting to get picked up after the audition. And so was she. And I said to her, do you want to go for dinner and manifest this? Because I like really want it to be us. And she was like, yeah, yes. So we went to dinner and we were just like, it was like we had twin vision and we just were 
talking nonstop and we just dug each other so fast. And, uh, you know, I don't want to generalize, but I think it does. It did. You know, there is something to say about a New York girl and like a Canadian girl. You know, we weren't both from L.A. We hadn't been raised in the film industry. We'd both had a life before this world. And I think that really helped have us meet on a really similar frequency and like level. And I just saw something, I just, I think I saw a little bit of me in her. And then I also saw things that I really was like, you'd be so good to be around, like to, you know, cause she's so like, she's so strong and set in her opinions and really cares about the right things. And I was just like, I would love to have to be stuck with you for half a year because I was really anxious about who it would be because I was like, I have to love you. I'm so sensitive that if I don't vibe with somebody like completely, it's so hard to be around and to be around them and not be affected by them or be feel so drained and whatever. And I was just like, ugh, I like feel at ease when we're together. And, and I just saved her in my phone as sister after that. And we had to wait a month until they decided, but for a month we were calling each other every day, just being like, what are you doing? And like, just loving on each other. And And yeah, I remember I nearly fainted when she told me that she got the part. So I was just like, oh my God. Because there were so many girls that were like, they would have been brilliant. And I'm happy to say that I remained friends with some of them. Like we exchanged Instagrams and, you know, one of them is an incredible actor and filmmaker. And she just put out this movie and it's so great. And I've been like supporting it and stuff. And they're all so great. But there was something um, magical about when we auditioned and it like you know everybody uh, you know writing articles and stuff say they can see it and it was like oh it's so cool when you feel something and then it's reaffirmed by somebody else you know and such a cool thing yeah bringing up sisters is a surefire way to just get to ellie's heart anytime i know Aww. do you have any siblings no so like angelica's your really is like your surrogate yeah. sister yeah and she doesn't have any siblings either oh so I know. Yeah. Ellie's 100% going to end this episode in tears. <laughs> I, totally I, I, I'm like, I don't have a twin, but me and my sister are 14 months apart. So oh. we were only a year apart in school, like very close. Yeah. So love that. I love, I love the, yeah, sisters will get me. Yeah. For that's sure. so nice. That's so beautiful. So I cried so hard at Frozen. The end. Ooh, <laughs> oh, dude. I, I've always envied, more of an envy, but I've always just been like, damn, I will never get to experience having a relationship with somebody who is who you're so close with, because you're literally were raised together and like our blood and like whatever. And I will never have that kind of relationship. And I think what's so and I don't want to speak for all men, or all, you know, male identifying people. But I will say that I think it's so special the relationships that females can have with each other. I think that, you know, you know, female relationships can go so crazy deep and sometimes it's destructive, but it is such a powerful thing. And that's why I think it's so interesting when people question the twin vision, 
because they're like, but they weren't really twins. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's not a biological phenomenon that's occurring. It is, you know, something that you can't really explain that only real twins will be able to tell you is a real thing. My best friend is a twin. And she was like, I mean, it's not like that, but it is kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not, not like the related. TV version of that, but like the yeah. real version of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's because, you know, when you're that close with somebody, you know, there's something that transcends the physical world, which is just so cool. And I want it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you have it, even if it's, you know, later in That's life. The thing that I can get to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 I do want to talk about Blair a little bit more, though, just for one quick thing, because I do love coming in like, I mean, Ellie and I watch a lot of shows and a lot of like queer rep and whatever. And so like we frequently come in to shows like knowing like it's going to get gay, Um, knowing that it was going to get gay and and even knowing like I knew it was going to be Sterling, but I still started the show being like, but are we sure it's not going to be Blair, too? (laughs) (laughs) yeah I didn't know that it was Sterling I like I don't know how I avoided spoilers and so I also thought that's crazy the the interesting thing about it is just because like Sterling flips a lot of the stereotypes that we have on TV about queer women Mm -hmm. yeah which is awesome totally I love that it wasn't Blair like number one I love that I got to do it (laughs) but also yeah I think that I know plenty of queer people that aren't stereotypically queer presenting. And I think that's so important. And also, like, I know plenty of people who wear Doc Martens and roll their jeans up who all exclusively are attracted to men. So whatever. Yes, but that- <laughs> I'm dying that you said rolled your jeans up, though. That's cracking. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, straight yeah. girls cuff their t-shirts, too. It's fine. It's I mean, but fine. it is yeah. true. I mean, it is true. Like, obviously, <laughs> there is not one way that a queer person or a straight person can look or act. Like, obviously. But it, like, is what we usually see on TV. Yeah. So it's so cool to yeah. see not that. Totally. I love it. Yeah. Let's, while we're deviating into other topic areas, too, let's talk Luke a little bit. I mean, like, God help us, Luke-y. we're going to. <laughs> because as much as, you know, we are a queer podcast and uh, Ellie and I are about as gay as they come, but also anyone who listens <laughs> to the podcast, what they know about me is, boy, do I love a himbo. And I... <laughs> I love Luke's character. I think he's great. Um, he's just, he's such a, a puppy dog. He's like a big Labrador. Um, and I think he's great. But also, I think that that is, a, it's such a cute storyline in some ways of like their whole, they're, you know, like we've, we're, we've been dating for years and they're so sweet together. So we have to ask, like the whole high school sweetheart thing. Did, did you have, did you have a high school sweetheart, Maddie? I... Kind of did, but I knew it wouldn't ever last. So in that way, I feel like high school sweethearts think like romanticize their lives together. I had a boyfriend in high school. I He was my best friend since eighth grade. 
and you'll never listen to this. <laughs> but, uh, oh my God, I actually just realized that his dog is the same dog's name as our dog in the show. And it was the same kind of dog. Why have I never put this together? I need to message him. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, wow, Chloe, that's so funny. Anyway, so yeah, we were best friends in like grade eight. And I remember I, well, first of all, I had a crush on him before we were best friends. And I remember going to the skate park and just like watching him and his friends skate you know, waiting for him to talk to me. And then like, we went to the movies one day. And I remember afterwards, he texted me and he was like, Hey, Maddie, sorry, but I just don't like you like that anymore. And I was heartbroken. I was like, cause I was so hyper that day. And like that day. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I, just oh, remember, I was like, you know, being or <laughs> random XD. And then we kind of, you know, we grew up a little bit, we ended up I did the whole sneaking out of the house thing and parties and all that kind of thing. And we ended up like getting together one night. And so we started dating after that. So it wasn't like, I let, let we're going to be married and like all these things. It was just kind of like a friends into more because we're, you know, and it was great. But I always knew I had these big dreams. I always knew that they weren't going to happen in Perth. And so I just kind of knew that it wasn't going to last forever. It was really sad when I left. Like I cried the whole time, like on the plane going home and whatever. But, you know, I didn't, I definitely didn't have Sterling's experience, but like I did have the experience of having a boyfriend and, high school, which was, I went to an all girls school though. So I didn't have the boyfriend who was with me all the time. Like I saw him on weekends. Yeah. Is it weird (laughs) trying to like tap back into that place in your life when you're like in your twenties to film a TV show? Honestly, no. And I think the reason why is because it's so like, we don't, I know that we change a lot as we get older, but we also kind of don't, you know, if I really think back to being 16 it's the same I have my same eyes are seeing the same shit you know like everything's the same things are just more intense because you don't have that expanded perspective so everything everything's just a little more dramatic which I think is what what I channeled the most when I was sterling I was just like anything she's feeling she's going to be feeling so hard because she's never experienced anything as intense in her life because she hasn't been alive enough along like alive long enough to so that's kind of the thing that i kind of focused most was just that energy of kind of just being new to this world and teenagers are smart and they're like with it and like <laughs> you know and and i just i also i i was aware that you know so many so many shows that have teenagers they act like they're in their 20s And I really didn't want to do that. I wanted to be like, and there were times where I was like, am I acting like a freaking baby right now? Are people going to be like, you're acting like a 12 year old? Like, why are you doing this? But I was like, no, sure. I, you know, I put on little like sexy outfits and experimented with makeup and stuff when I was 16. But at the end of the day, like, you're just a kid. Like, if I think about how it felt like to be in my big sweater and my like school skirt and whatever, I was like a little freaking baby and like I felt small in the world and I couldn't affect anything in the world which is why I think you rebel so much as a young thing because you're just like nothing I do will affect anything <laughs> you know like unless I do something really bad I'll just kind of get a timeout. like <laughs> you know <laughs> the world really is my my ruckus oyster <laughs> yes. yeah 
But it's also it's I love that because it's so it's so true of these characters. Like I think the the all of the characters in this show I think are really well written because they're so understandable in that context. You know, even even to the point of like you know, look how very dare April. But at the same time, it's like look look at April in the context of that final like episode where. You are a 16-year-old closeted teenager in Georgia whose dad just got out of jail and came home and randomly brought up the girl you're secretly dating out of the blue and you have no idea why. It's like, yeah, yeah of course you go and throw yourself at the first dude you trip over. Like, what else are you going <laughs> to What yeah. else are you going to do in that situation, you know? And it's totally. it's disappointing that we won't get to see the recovery from it because that's what I think everyone sort of expects was going to be coming down the line. You know, as you sort of realize, you're like, I panicked and did a stupid thing because you're 16. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so true. And it's so true of Sterling. And it's so true of it's so true. You know, just everyone in this show is like the decisions that they make make sense. If you th- imagine being 16 years old again, you know, and you just yeah. you don't know any better. <laughs> I know. I really enjoyed playing such a like a flawed, naive character because it's like, you know, she, the intentions are always so good and growing up is so messy and awkward. And there are such moments of like maturity and wisdom there, but that's what also teenagers are like. They're, they're not idiots all the time. You know, the only time they're idiots are because they just don't have enough life experience to have the perspective that they might have if they wanted to, you know, and whatever, do whatever you want to do. But, you know, as you get older, you say, you just go, oh, this will be like a smoother route. Like, I could do this. Like, I could go about it this way, but this will just be smoother. So it's, they just don't know what will be the smoothest way. And that's good. Go do that while you won't be affected by, like, the real world because you're, like, in the safe walls of a school or something. But it was really, it was so, like, such a free feeling to to play this a character who just is just in the throes of figuring it all out and like I've played teenagers and high school kids before but never with this with this much of you know this much material I'm my words are just I this is much of material (laughs) 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 but they are they're they're just like they're little precious you just want to like put them in a satchel and keep them safe from the world I get it Uh, totally true while we're talking about figuring yourself out before we wrap up let's talk a little bit more about Sterling's actual sexuality because she talks a little bit about it. How do you think like she identifies herself? I think that she just is feeling whatever she's feeling in the moment. I feel like she would have heard of the term bisexual, but the fact that she doesn't say it, I feel like it, she just it just doesn't resonate with her. She just doesn't feel as aligned with that term as she does with the fact that she likes whoever she likes and that's what's important to her and significant for her. I feel like she has thought less about how she wants to identify and more about really just the feelings that she's having and what she wants to do about them. And I think that's so cute. And I think that's just so nice because you don't have to explain yourself to people if you don't want to, you know, do whatever you feel like doing. If you, if it makes you feel better to have like a label on it, then that's so great. Like, for example, I haven't been like properly diagnosed with ADHD. Pretty sure I have it. But for me, 
I don't feel the need to be told that I am that because I don't think it'll affect me or change anything. I don't want to do anything about it. I don't want like on medication or anything. I just, you know, this is, you know, how I behave in this world. And if somebody wants to say you are this, then I'll be like, okay, if you want to say that, sure. I, I don't want to say, don't say that to me or don't call me that or whatever, but I don't feel the need to say that I am this or I am that. I That's where I feel like I, me and Sterling are so similar is that I'm also that I'm like, I am a multifaceted being. Like I am everything all at the same time. And that's just what feels good to me. And for a lot of people, it makes so much more sense to articulate something and say, okay, and organize their brain, say, this is what I am. And I like to call it this and whatever. And that's so great. But I feel like with Sterling, it's for the moment anyway. I mean, she's just figuring it out now, but you know, now she was just figuring it out. then. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Gotta exactly. go get her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She doesn't have to worry about the rest of the female population. April's the only one that matters right now. That's that whole thing about, are you like 50-50 or like 60-40 or whatever? It's just like, who the fuck cares? Who do you like right now? (laughs) Who are all these other people we're considering? What? (laughs) Who has the time? (laughs) Who are these theoretical 60 women? Like, I need to see them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Line them up and then I'll be able to tell you. How the heck do I know? How am I meant to know? (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, I'm dead. Is it time for <laughs> Q and Gailey? Do you have any other questions? Um, I don't know. I feel like I want to leave it there. I love it. I could. I just. Yeah. I want to talk about this show for days. That's all. So, um, no. I think that's good. Is there anything else that you that you want to leave the listeners with, Maddie, uh, uh, about the show, about Sterling? Anything on your heart right now? I just want to tell everybody that we are just so appreciative and you're never annoying us when you dm so stop apologizing (laughs) stop saying i'm sorry that i'm annoying you or i'm bugging you because we really love it and if we don't get to your message i'm so sorry there's just a lot but it's we really do appreciate all of you and i also would love to say just thank you so much for always just being so nice and supportive that was one of the scariest things about about the show coming out you know for I'll speak for myself, for somebody who's never been in this position before. Not that it's strikingly different, you know, we're not Emily in Paris over here. But, you know, don't don't get us started. Don't do it. Life has, <laughs> life has changed a bit. And it was scary to think of that happening because it's something that is in the unknown. But it has been such a pleasant, beautiful, fulfilling, lovely experience. And I'm just like so freaking grateful for everybody. And And yeah, that's about it. Just all the love in my heart. And look, as we told Devin, and I'm sure you have you have realized, is uh, queer fandoms, man. We we fall fast and we fall hard and we follow you for life forever. Oh, <laughs> so, so you are I now stuck um, with a very loving group of people. Oh, that just makes me so worse, happy. We know it just makes it <laughs> all worth terrible. it. All worth it. Q, 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 and gay. All right, are you ready for our Q and Gay, Maddie? So we're going to ask you some yes or no, multiple choice questions. Should be easy, and then we're going to put them on our Twitter for our listeners too, so they're Excellent. a bit more broad. Excellent. All right, so question number one: Would you make the first move or wait for them? I would. You're the first move. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> Take charge. We like it. 
Question two, uh, what would be your ideal date? A, ski ball, B, laser tag, C, froyo, or D, a school sleepover? Hard one. There's no wrong answers. Laser tag. It was between laser tag or school sleepover, but laser tag. But would you play laser tag or would you just make out while kids ran around you playing laser tag? Oh, I would play laser tag. I would. There you go. But there's something like I've always been so scared of hide and seek. I'd hide and just be like, oh, my God, we're going to come get me. This is so scary. So like the adrenaline of it being a dark room and because we'd play opposite each other is how it would go. So (laughs) you would want to compete with your date. Is that what you said? Well, I'm not a competitive person at all. I truly don't have a competitive bone in my body. There's something kind of like like hot and exciting about like chase. <laughs> I'm just realizing how this sounds. <laughs> Consentingly chase. <laughs> <Talk about> <laughs> Change your answer. I'll cut it out laser tag. It's fine. (laughs) No, please leave all this in. This is this is it. Just end the episode here. We're good. Consentingly chased, you guys. Consensual. (laughs) That you like. All right. right. We're gonna make it. We're gonna gonna ask the next question. Here we go. Question number three. Have you ever flaked out on plans to make out with your crush? Yes or no? Sounds right. It happens. What were the plans you flaked on? Were they like dire? Nothing's coming to mind, but I know I've done it. <laughs> oh, I don't think I was that young. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it was last week. I just don't remember what we were doing. I get really caught up in my feelings. Yeah, I've definitely, yeah, made questionable choices just to spend a couple minutes with somebody who I was into. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I have driven in some probably poor choice uh snowstorms to <laughs> Oh yeah. when my wife and I were dating to uh I'm just going to go up for the weekend. It's fine. There's like four like feet of snow outside. You're like, "It's cool. It's only an hour and a half." <laughs> totally. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter how cold it is, how high the window is that you're sneaking out of. <laughs> all worth it. <laughs> Oh, there's some stories that I wish we had time for, but maybe, you know, well, another time, another time. Yes, next time. No um, life, you guys. Question bring four. me back later. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. What, what we really need is another um, Teenage Bounty Hunters episode this season. We haven't really covered enough, I think, so. I don't think Honestly, so. Honestly, I would. We'll just do the whole rest of this. This is surprise Teenage Bounty Hunter season. We changed the the name of our podcast, like, literally on on Apple Podcasts. It's completely different now. It's Teen- just, like, Teenage, teenage know, Bounty teenage Bounty Lesbians. Yes! Oh, yeah. oh my god. Lesbian yes. bounty hunters. <laughs> I want it so badly. Um, question four. What would you find most attractive in your crush? A, speaking a foreign language. B, excellent debate skills. C, super crafty. Or D, a ruthless competitor. Language. And what's, what's the foreign language of choice? What would be, uh, what would you find like the most attractive? Italian. Mm-hmm. A classic choice. Yeah. Yes. Lee was like, please say French. <laughs> Lee speaks French. I, I Nobody only, ever picks French, you know? I wouldn't say French only because I'm so mad at myself that I didn't continue learning French as a Canadian. You know? I used to be really we'll good when I was like, Maddie, it'll be great. <laughs> Lee. It's so easy. My two year old's picking it up great. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. <laughs> See, Maddie knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number five. 
what was the bigger betrayal? This is in Teenage Bounty Hunters. Mm. Sterling's parents telling the girls they were twins or April flirting with Luke all night? April flirting with Luke. Because there, because with the parents, there was just, I know that there's a lot of stakes when it comes to the fear of being outed. But I feel like there was a more like life and death stakes when it comes to their family secret, just because of how unhinged the mother is. What if Sterling found out and ran away when she was younger and got hit by a car? <laughs> I was like, I was like exactly. I was like, wait, I was going to say, what if Sterling ran away and got found the mom and, you know, what's his face has a gun and it could be bad. But then I was like, no, she'd probably just get run away and hit by a car. She's young and dumb. It's just good that she didn't have an excuse to go angrily, upsetly, upsetly run away. You guys, I need to be put down. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great, Maddie. You're doing great. great. We're We're almost there. We're we're so close. Here we go. Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Pod. Maddie, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been a blast. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me at the Maddie P. I almost said dot com on Instagram and Twitter. That's it. Awesome. And speaking of Instagram, <laughs> Maddie's going to do an Instagram story takeover the week that this episode comes out. So make sure you head over there to ask her all your questions. I know you have plenty for her. Yeah, I'm really sorry in advance for what I'm going to do to your stories. <laughs> I like we're, to get We're creative. giving Maddie access to our Instagram. So we <laughs> look forward to we'll see what <laughs> Thank you so much, Maddie. This was a blast. Oh, thank you guys so much. This is so much fun. And I'm just sweating buckets in my Udi. Udi, send me <laughs> really? an Udi. Really? How much do you get paid by Udi? <laughs> None. They just said they would send me one. Now I just like want 10 more. So I just, just want to keep. Anyway, it's a joke. I don't care. I do. I love no, Udi. I love <laughs> Let me hear you say hip, 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 hip. We love hearing from you and building community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things and people each episode. I want to give a shout out to Katie, who is a queer musician and super fan who reached out on Instagram. They just started listening to the podcast and they said they already love it. And we had a really nice chat about music production and all kinds of stuff. So I wanted to say, hey, Katie, thank you for reaching out. And to anyone else who's thinking about reaching out, I really, really love talking to people. So please send me a message. I want to hear it also just joined our discord as a new patron so happy to have you katie it's it's a party we have fun (laughs) we also want to shout out abigail who reached out on instagram as well to mention that you know maybe bridgerton should have been gay so i i sent to abigail but in case anyone else hasn't seen ellie's latest tiktok we did actually already write a bridgerton musical should have been gay eloise and penelope love song if you haven't checked it out it's on ellie's tiktok and it's a good old time lee has not seen bridgerton and i also would like to commend her for me saying hey i think these two people should be gay you know i can't write a song so you're gonna write the song for me here's the bullet points of their relationship write me a song and she killed it so (laughs) thank you for that lee Ellie just has me on retainer as a songwriter now. True. It's fine. It was it was fun. I had fun. I had to look had up some clips, but, you know, it came out great. And no spoilers, but, you know, m- maybe we'll talk some more it's about coming. how Bridgerton should have been gay soon. Who knows? It's Who's coming. to say? <laughs> <laughs> and as always, we'd like to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Danny Griswold, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, and Lizette Stye. 
and our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, Wendy K. Bartlett, and Evelyn Smith. Thank you all so much and all our patrons for your support. We couldn't do the podcast without you. Remember, you can find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up. We also have some videos up on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash to catch them. And a reminder, you can subscribe to our feed for our musical, The Flame, which will be launching in June. But if you go on any podcasting app, you can search for The Flame and you'll find us. You can subscribe and that way you'll be ready for the summer when we start releasing those episodes. But you'll never truly be ready. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to support Les Hangout, the podcast, you can do that by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. We love reading the reviews, and it makes us so happy to see what you all think of us. Only you can positive. also support. You can also support us financially by joining our Patreon. You get access to all sorts of cool perks. We have a Discord chat that you know we love. We have viewing parties. We have ad-free episodes, all sorts of good stuff. You can find that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, you can get that at bit.ly slash lesshop. It is the perfect time for some crew neck sweaters. I love my Les Hangout sweatshirt, and I feel like, I mean, you should just get one. They're great. Also, speaking of Patreon, if you join our Patreon, you get a discount code for our merch as well. So double whammy there. <laughs> If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out.
it's not